This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Amy Morin. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am stoked. It's a treat. Uh, I think that we've had Cal on the show and uh, people don't know this, but I met you through Cal and I was there during the recording session uh, over at WeWork, I think it was. And just from that moment, what I had learned about what you're doing, I later found out that my own partner has read your book and is a big fan of it. And your story is so powerful. And there's so much to be said about the mentality that you bring to life that a lot of entrepreneurs I know can either relate to or benefit from. So I want to get into all that. Uh, but before we do that, one of the things we love asking around here to kick things off is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, uh, working professionals, creatives? What does that look like in your origin? Uh, yeah. So I come from a working class family who uh, was mostly government postal workers. Both of my parents worked for the post office, lived in a town of like 3000 people, where we had one factory that almost everybody worked at. So I had never met a business owner. But yet when I was a little kid, I used to buy stuff at yard sales and then resell it. And so I had a friend, we were in Girl Scouts for like a year, but she would sell like a million Girl Scout cookies. And I really wasn't that into it. But when you sell Girl Scout cookies, you get to pick like magazines or anything. So she got me a subscription to Entrepreneur Magazine when I was like eight. And so I used to read that magazine all the time. And I would think, man, how cool is that? Like, I'd love to own a business, but I was probably in college before I really met anybody who was an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's an interesting story right there. So you get to college now. I know more or less. I think the the story that you've shared, uh, but was your intention because you you were ended up going into the mental health field as a professional, and so was that always your intent? Because now you have this business portion to, that I'm learning today. Or did you originally want to be a business owner, and you thought one of the best ways to do that is to own your own practice or something like that? Yeah. So I really, I didn't know I was going to be a doctor. That was my original career aspiration and what I started majoring in in college, but because I'd never really met anybody that owned a business. I didn't even really know what existed. And of course the internet came out when I was in high school. So lots of new jobs were coming out, but the idea was like, if you own a business, maybe you buy the corner store at your, in your rural town. But other than that, I didn't really know what options were out there to be honest. So it didn't really occur to me other than like, oh, you can buy stuff and resell it. That's kind of cool. And it was probably... So when I first started as a therapist, I worked for other people and I had looked into private practice as an option. But even then it was like, oh, that's kind of daunting to have to do your own billing and have all these people and I don't know how to do it. So I'll work for somebody else first and maybe go into private practice later. But then I came up with the idea of launching my own business, which is an online jewelry business. It was a drop ship company. And it was by far the funnest thing I had ever done. Like the fact that, I mean, as a therapist, you only work so many hours, you know how much money you're going to make. I would wake up in the morning and people had bought jewelry on my online website while I was sleeping. 
And I didn't have to do anything other than put in their address and the company who made the jewelry shipped it to them. And I thought, and I'm the middleman and I can charge less than what the stores charge because I don't have any overhead costs other than my website. And it was like, I was so excited (laughs) every single day. Like I would just leap out of bed and race to my computer and just like dance around the room to see how much money did I just make in my sleep? I just, I couldn't believe it. And I'm, that sort of opened up this whole new world for me of knowing like, no, there are a lot of ways to make money in today's world. (laughs) I love that. I did not know that about you. And that's really exciting to know because what I know, right. I had no idea you were doing that. All at the same time, your life was tumultuous. There was a lot of changes happening, uh, and it led to the writing of an article on Medium that exploded and got you a giant publishing deal and led you down a path of now writing books that empower people and help people get where they need to be. So like, talk about here you are exploring these things, and then as most entrepreneurs know, life doesn't play by the rules that you think it plays by. It plays by rules that it makes up as it goes. And it took you for a turn. So I, I guess the most important thing is when you wrote your article that blew up while you were facing incredible odds, and I'll let you tell that story because that's your story. Did you expect it to do what uh, it did? Yeah, definitely not. So The backstory is when I was 23, I was a therapist and my mom passed away suddenly. And then when I was 26, my husband passed away. So I found myself a 26-year-old widow. I didn't have my mom and life was fairly dreadful for a long time as I was figuring out how do you pick up the pieces? Because as you say, there are no rules in life. And I thought I had life like all figured out. I was on this path and then I get this sharp left turn and then another sharp left turn. And I thought, how many more curveballs can there be? And One of the things I did after my husband passed away was I was trying to figure out how do I not have to move? Everything else in my life has been flipped upside down, but I didn't want to move, but I couldn't pay the bills. So I thought, what do I do? And this was before I had started the jewelry business. So my side hustle at that point was writing articles. And I used to get paid like 15 bucks to write a 400 or 500 word article. But if I did that enough outside of work, then I could at least keep the heat on, keep the lights on and pay my mortgage. And, you know, there were days I couldn't write and I was heartbroken for a long time. But then there were days where I was like, it's a Saturday and I can sit here and make money all day. So then I don't have to worry about money for the rest of the month. So I started writing out of necessity and really sterile articles about, you know, six signs of depression, something like that. And then, uh, but when I wrote this other article, 13 things mentally strong people don't do, it was really from the heart. And I never even planned to publish it. I, it was a letter to myself because I, it was a few years down the road and my father-in-law had been diagnosed with cancer. And I just thought, I can't lose somebody else. My heart has been broken. I've been grieving for so long. The thought of losing one more person just seemed way too overwhelming, but wasn't like I had a choice. So I wrote a letter to myself of, Hey, Amy, this is what mentally strong people do. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't give away your power. The list went on till I got 13 things. And then I found that list helpful. So I thought maybe somebody else will at least get something out of it. So I published it online thinking a handful of people would read it, but 50 million people read it. And that's why I'm still here today. And I get to talk about it because it did blow up. It went viral and Fox News was calling and MTV in Finland and CNN in Mexico, like all within a couple of days. And I thought, oh dear, what have I just done? But it led to the first book deal. And now I'm writing book number five that's going to come out next year. 
Yeah, I even love and and I maybe I misremembered, but the you actually didn't even respond to the uh to the voicemails from the publishing agent that was trying to get a hold of you. Is this true? That is correct. So I never like I didn't even know how to write a book. I didn't know how the book writing publishing world process happened. And so when my article blew up, 50 million people read it. It was reprinted on like Forbes Business Insider. My mailbox was just flooded with people who were like, hey, for $10,000, I'll create a course for you. And for 20 grand, I'll create this for you. And so I was just <laughs> overwhelmed with the stuff. The trolls. Yes. So 99.9% of them were just that, trolls. Yeah. I, here I am. I'm just a social worker. I know nothing about like making money online. And so one of those emails was from somebody who said, hey, I'm a literary agent. You should write a book. And it just went in the slush pile because I had so many other junk emails. And so then she reached out to me again and then she called me and thank God she kept doing that. And then I was going to New York to be on Fox News for uh, my first interview. I'd never been on TV before. And she said, hey, my office is just around the corner. Why don't you come meet me? And I was like, oh, I guess so. And uh, so I went around the corner. I met her and I saw that she had all these real books in her office. And I was like, oh, this is like the real deal. And you're not going to charge me because I had people that would be like, for 10 grand, we'll get you an Amazon book. And it comes out in one week. And (laughs) no, and so thankfully she was the real deal. Yeah, this was like Simon and Schuster, Penguin Random House level, like, like we're talking major distribution and it's, it's a real deal. That's. That's a story that it, that you, it's like you're chosen for it. I don't know how else to say it, you know, uh, because you have a powerful story and, and entrepreneurs deal with an unsavory amount of mental anxiety on a regular basis. I mean, if you've ever had a staff of even just 15 and you run some sort of boutique agency at 15 employees and payroll comes around and you know you've got overhead cuz you're paying for a co-working space or a facility and you know you may not be on the best terms with your partner cuz work has been so difficult and you just start to pile these things on and realize I don't have the payroll what am I going to do now I got to borrow money at a percentage and it, so you could just pile that on on top of regular everyday business problems like vendors don't uh don't respond to me on time uh, their product quality control is terrible it's affecting my business so you can see how the list just piles on on top of just how hard it is to be a human every day Right. So your work and, and the, the books that you're writing and, and, and this workbook that I, that I believe uh, is, is in the works here, all of that is going to be essential for entrepreneurs that are learners that do believe in self-development, personal development, and, and do buy books and do actually read the books or even if it's audiobook based or something like that. So I, I'd love to know, because you've also started a, a podcast or partnered with a podcast recently uh, called uh, Very Well Mind. Is this, is this, is this accurate? That's correct. Yep. And, and it, it focuses on, on broader things uh, in that same mental health awareness and, and, uh, and management scope. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on sort of how you think business owners can sort of take some of the work that you've done and put it under the context of like, if you do find yourself crazy and shaking at the thought of how am I going to make payroll? What's one thing you would suggest would get them that mental strength they need? 
So mental strength, there's three parts to it. The way you think, the way you feel, and the way that you behave. So when something happens and life throws us whatever that curveball is, it's then about, okay, how are you going to think about this? Do you think this is awful, horrible, I can't stand it? So if you can't meet payroll or you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be bankrupt and you're imagining yourself and all your employees being homeless next week. Or to say, okay, well, you know, realistically, what am I going to do? How do I solve this problem? And getting a hold of it. And then in terms of our emotions, we used to be like, well, you know, your feelings have no place in business. Well, that's ridiculous because we know that emotions play a huge role in every decision that we make. If you're anxious about something, even at home, like you and your partner got in a fight yesterday and you're kind of anxious about it, or you are worried about somebody's COVID test results or how sick they are, your anxiety spills over into work. So if you somebody says to you, hey, I have this new opportunity, research shows you're much more likely to say no because you're anxious about something else and we're really bad at compartmentalizing our anxiety. Or if you're sad, like never negotiate when you're sad because you'll take a really bad deal. When somebody offers you something, you're like, oh, I don't I don't dare offer you a counter offer because what if you say no, I can't handle it today because I'm already feeling sad. So just having some insight into how am I feeling right now and how might those emotions be affecting my decisions is huge. And then knowing, OK, well, how does it affect my behavior? You're terrified of not meeting payroll. So what are you doing? Maybe you're just pacing around the room. That does nobody any good to pace around the room. Or maybe you're calling people to say, my gosh, this is an awful situation. But so, yeah, when it comes to our actions, knowing how do you take some kind of production, productive action, pacing around the room doesn't help. Calling people to just rehash how horrible something is keeps you stuck. So it's about saying, what can I do to be productive right now? figuring out a solution, making a phone call where you're actually looking at your options or instead of blaming people for stuff saying, okay, what can I do next? How do we move forward from this? What do I need to do to address my budgeting issue? But it's more about problem solving rather than just dwelling on the problem, which it's really tempting to do sometimes. And again, that goes back to the pacing back and forth or running around in a frenzy to the point that we're not getting anything done. And we've all done those things, but sometimes you just have to take a stop, take a deep breath, slow down and figure out, okay, what are my options and what does it make sense to do moving forward? Yeah. So that's something that we can all take. It's pretty practical. It's every day. And you know, what's funny is a lot of this, it's not like it's rocket science. It's not a revelation. And yet, Those very same people that say it's not rocket science are the first to lose their marbles when they start getting all emotional and they're like, oh, what's going on? And they start pacing. You notice that too, huh? (laughs) I notice that because I do that at times and and I've been guilty of being that person that will sit there. I'm not particularly good at asking for help or complaining. I don't tend to complain, but I will wallow in my own thoughts personally and be like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And it's totally unproductive. And I know that. I know that. Thankfully, it doesn't last long with me. And I do eventually take meaningful action, but I'm also easily satisfied. And I think this is the other side, like even with a little progress, I think this is the other side of mental strength that we don't get a chance to talk about a lot uh, in, in, in business and in life. It's what happens when you get a little bit of a good thing happening. And then you're like, well, I, you know, I've done my work because now it takes mental strength to stay on it. And that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about. Do you have any experience or thoughts on that? I do. Right. So we always have like that milestone that we're trying to reach or we think, OK, we're all set now. Like I know with my online jewelry business, we be like, woohoo, it's all self-sufficient, nothing else to do. Well, then like my website gets hacked and I don't know what to do. How do you <laughs> how do you do deal with that? Or, yeah, we had quality control issues for a while, but I'm like, I've actually never seen these products, so I can't really answer your questions or 
people would start, you know, people wanted a customer service line. I'm like, how am I going to staff this? I mean, so many questions, so many things come up and to figure out how do you, how do you manage all of these, all of these curveballs, And then how do you balance being like satisfied? You don't want to be the person that's always chasing the next big thing so that you can say, okay, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at, but knowing there are going to be curveballs, then how do you keep pushing through too? As the world changes, you can't just sit back and say, I'm all set. My business is going to run itself for the rest of my life. You have to be involved. And as we know too, when you're an entrepreneur, like there's no nine to five clock. And so some people get caught up in working like 24, seven, seven days a week. And then other people are like, well, it's just kind of set it and forget it. I, I collect the paycheck, but I don't do anything else. And they become too uninvolved. And so there's so many factors, I think, that go into it and figuring out how do you keep that drive? Sometimes we lose sight of why we started something in the first place. And uh, we forget why we were so passionate about it to begin with, because the stuff we actually do day to day, like running spreadsheets and stuff is not really that exciting. And some of that stuff is daunting. So Sometimes about delegating certain tasks. Sometimes you can just write down a list. Here's the top 10 reasons why I do this. And then on the days when you just aren't feeling it, you read over that list. And that can be really helpful to you. Or the top five reasons why I quit the job I used to have so I could do this just as a reminder of, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> I love that, actually. I, I haven't done that enough. Having a list that I put where I know I'm going to see it. And it can't be on my phone. It can't be on any of my devices. I need it to be right there especially for those moments where I get comfortable for even just the little progress that may have made. So that I go, Oh yeah, because right. I'm, I'm of the kind that I, it, I turn towards like, Oh, why it's not working. I'm very pessimistic in that way. It helps me see problems in business and what have you like really early on. In fact, I've got a problem for every solution is my natural bent in life. Right. So I think having a set of, a set of reminders that's written down somewhere would be powerful for me. And I imagine many others before we keep going, I know Jason's been patiently waiting here. I'd love to hear his sort of thoughts and reflections on some of the things you've been saying and how that relates to business. He runs like 15 companies and, you know, has the like a 20 plus year career in the military and the list goes on. So it's always interesting to see what our guests are saying and how Jason reflects upon all the things he's seen and how that comes together with all the conversation that we're all having here. Yeah. The beautiful thing about like emotions, I left my soul in Afghanistan, so I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but I want to go back to, because I can relate with the whole jewelry thing. Um, Because one of the very first little things I started, this was like right when eBay just kicked off. Right. And it was the wild west of eBay. And so I would like wholesale buy from China these, and I would just make a killing these little, you know, those little keychain lights, you, you push them and they turn on. <laughs> I would yep, buy it. Several for, of them. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you bought some for me, <laughs> but I, I'd get them for a penny a piece and sell them for 1299 and, you know, buy one, get one free for 1299. I had, literally two cents into that thing and i would sell them for 12.99 it was crazy but it was the wild west of ebay then (laughs) there was no rules nobody cared um and then and then later on we were doing the amazon across amazon uh because we'd have an amazon account we'd find good products that were selling on ebay list them on ebay for like 10 bucks more 
sell it on eBay, put their shipping information into the Amazon, buy it, it'd ship across, (laughs) never even touch it, right? But you can't get away with that anymore because Amazon has their own work. <laughs> yeah, the branding on Amazon boxes. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd get you. Yeah, you get an Amazon box show up. They right. used to do that, but but uh, but yeah, what an amazing uh, what an amazing journey of you know I don't know what to call it. It's uh, it's it's I've been through s- several similar journeys with my military career, and you know we we either look at life as there's always more, no matter what, or, you know, we get in the closet and shut the door and huddle in the corner and feel sorry for ourselves forever. Um, And there are people that do that for sure. But, you know, I think the majority of us do a lot of the things that we do subconsciously to bury a lot of that. Yeah. Especially in business, right? Because yep. for me, if I sit around on a weekend, all the demons start creeping in, right? Um, because I'm not, my mind isn't active. It's not, you know, I'm sitting there vegging out with the kids watching Powerpuff Girls or something. I don't know. Um, and, and But if I'm not like really engaged in, in the business side of things or engaged in something, then all the other things start to come back to mind and so on and so forth. So I think we almost use a lot of it as a crutch. Um, I know I do for sure. I can admit that <laughs> very much. Um, so I, I think it's just a delicate balance of not too much, but, and try to control it the best you can. Cause I'm also not a believer in, you know, uh, mind altering drug things and stuff like that. Um, I think we can get through anything. We're resilient. I mean, a deer is born and it's up and running in 30 seconds for crying out loud. What do we have to complain about? <laughs> it's going to get eight 30 seconds later if it doesn't get up and start running. So I think uh, out of the food chain, we're doing all right, but <laughs> for sure. But no, it, it's a it, it's a great story because of your background that couples in with that and how you've taken that and been able to just empower it so much. And to me, that's a huge lesson learned here is taking that story of, you know, the struggles of life, but then flipping that into such a positive thing that can help millions and millions of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, my life is completely different than it was. So it's been yeah. just about 10 years since I wrote that article. At the time I lived in you know, a cabin in the woods in rural Maine and I was a therapist. I now live on a sailboat in the Florida Keys and I get to do a podcast and write more books. And like, <laughs> this isn't the life I imagined, but it's a really good life. And uh, you know, while I wished I hadn't gone through those things, certainly I wouldn't be here today if if I hadn't. So I appreciate all of that. And I liked what you said about how sometimes it like keeps the demons at bay. I think for those of us that like business and being an entrepreneur, it does keep our minds active. I know some of the hardest points in my life were when I like 
stopped trying to do new things. Like if I just tried to play defense, like, okay, I don't want to lose what I have. So I'm just going to sit back and like guard what I have in life versus when I'm actively like, no, in fact, I was just having this conversation with my husband this morning. Like, what can we do for another business? <laughs> like, I just get excited about life when I start thinking about that kind of stuff. Like, how do you grow? How do you get out there and do more cool stuff? And for me, like, I just love anything that has to do with business. And while I love writing and having a podcast and all that kind of stuff, so there's always new opportunities and things out there to do. And that's what definitely keeps me excited. Always wow. eBay. Always that's right. eBay. <laughs> that's right. You can always revert back. That's right. Plan F. <laughs> it's so true what you're saying. I can't think of enough times that like, I've, I've been a part of something. Somebody's in like, it's all about the beginnings. I love starting things. The trick is like finishing and keeping things running. Right. And again, this comes back to like the comfortable, I, I feel like the idea of being comfortable after you've reached a little success, whether it's you actually have exited a company or you did finish publishing a book, but like, so what now, what I'm not saying that it has to be a grind, 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 but often that same thing happens even when you Okay, so I wrote the first draft of my book. So what now? Right? Because then, then you're like, oh, I feel like I already did it, even though the job is half done, a quarter done. Yes. And I feel like it's the same mental mechanism. Would you? Would you? Would you speak on that a little? Yeah, I think so as well. And I've made that mistake many times after I wrote my first book. Because again, I was completely ignorant as an author. I was like, woohoo, the book's done. And somebody who was a New York Times bestselling author said, well, how are you going to market the book? And I was like. No, I have a publicist at the publishing house. They market the book. And he was like, oh, Amy, it's called the bestsellers list, not the best writers list. You now have to sell your book. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so I yes. think, you know, so often we just like get to that. We like white knuckle it till we get to the first like finish line and we think, OK, I'm done. And then you're you're not done. There's always more to be done. And I agree with what you said, that the cautionary tale of you don't want to always be chasing the next big achievement. But on the other hand, to know like you can keep setting goals for yourself and to know like, okay, what am I going to do this month? What am I going to do this year? And when you do that, it just keeps making sure that you're growing, that you are learning stuff. Cause it's so easy to sometimes just sit back and be like, well, I already know everything, or uh, I don't really want to take do what it takes to get to the next level. Or we make excuses like, well, I didn't really want to be that big anyway, or I'd never want to, you know, have to deal with all those headaches. So I'm just going to stay where I am. And, um, and maybe that's true sometimes, but sometimes I think we just use that as like a defense mechanism to not put ourselves out there and to not try harder too. I love that. I was gonna, I was gonna say, is there is there any bottom line like leave behind thought that you, food for thought that you would leave to business owners specifically? And I feel like that that's part of it right there is that that idea of like you don't always have to sit there and play defense for every step of of, of success that you get. Like it, you can you can ask for more, be more, become more, and you should if you can. I th I feel like that's what you were saying there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, my parting words of wisdom would just be knowing your values and then making sure that you're living out those values. So if being a, an amazing friend, a parent, a son, daughter, whatever it is, is really important to you. When you know, like, okay, this is really important to me, then you don't feel like your priorities are out of whack. So know your values and make sure your priorities line up with that. Figure out where in line 
your business falls. And for some people, it's like, well, I value my family most. So therefore my business is most important because I want to leave a legacy for my kids or I want to make sure I earn enough money that my family doesn't have to worry. And if that's the way you see it, great. Somebody else might say, you know, my, my business is number four on the list. It's all about my friends, my family, everything else comes first. If that's the case, that's fine too, as long as you're living according to your values. And so often we get caught up into mixing ours up with somebody else that we see on Instagram and we forget what's really important to us. That's a big one right there. Great point right there. The Instagram family, right? Yeah. I've always Uh, refused to be that. I just, I have a hard enough time just putting this year for me was like my biggest year of just putting it all out there. Um, I put my 32 week business course out for free on YouTube um, and it just went bonkers. Um, and, and all these things that, cause I've always really considered myself the, you know, the guy that works in, in, in the shadows with, with CEOs. And I quickly realized, well, that's, that, it doesn't work anymore. You can't be that person. You have to be out to a degree, right. Um, in, in, in the, in the light where people can see you and go, Oh, that's that guy that does that, you know, or that's that gal that does that. And that's, you have to cut through the noise nowadays. It's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah that's it's tough to do, isn't it? <laughs> mm, yeah. You just got to scream louder than everybody else. That's all. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the next, the next part of this conversation is really going to be, uh, us number one giving a shout out to to someone that's 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 made this conversation with you possible and and also uh the show itself but then i also want to give you the red carpet afterwards to sort of talk about what you're working on and what you're doing before we begin to close things out so just a big shout out to melanie Cossan. uh hopefully she's listening to this episode in particular i think she'd love it with stillwater hemp uh with self-care and cbd being a growing practice for many people uh the, the good news is is that stillwater hemp in particular has gone the extra mile to develop products with integrity and unlike the idea of drop shipping and this and that you know not knowing they're, they're actually high touch on their product whether it's moisturizers uh you know creams that you can wear and uh edible things that that you can do to help relieve anxiety and things of that nature and they even have a whole line of products for your pets your furry family members if that's something that you're into and if you want to go the private label route they can help you with that in fact they'll even give you a hundred dollars off your first order if you tell them that you heard about them on here, but also they do have online and brick and mortar stores that is consumer customer facing only. And there's something there for you as well. So you can go ahead and go to stillwaterhemp.com. Let them know the war room sent you use war room for 10% off all of that. It's all good stuff. And it's all high quality. With that said, I'd love to now have you, Amy, tell people, number one, what should they be excited about that's coming out next for you and where can they connect with you if they want to learn more be a part of what you're doing so my next project is uh, the 13 things mentally strong people don't do workbook comes out in february of 2023 it's kind of a companion guide to my first book and people can find out more about me on my website which is amy morin lcsw licensed clinical social worker is what it stands for.com and there's a link to my the very well mind podcast and my books on there 
Yeah, no, that's exciting. I'm definitely going to take a look at that workbook as I, I do feel like that's going to be a great companion to the actual stories and the moments in the book and what it's about. In fact, I, I feel like more and more people should be journaling these days in a world where we're constantly just twiddling our thumbs quite literally on pieces of plastic and metal. There's something about what someone told me once, sometimes wisdom bleeds through the ink. And I, I really feel, and I don't know if there's actual science behind it, that writing, there's something to that. It, it, that's like just powerful. And that workbook, hand in hand with the literal nature of your book and dealing with mental strength, it just makes sense. I'm, that's why I'm so excited that you're doing that. Uh, so the final question that we have as we close things out here, because you've dropped a lot of value on this on this episode, and we didn't even get a chance to go deep into your story and all the things, but we did enough to get the points across. So for me, it's just a curiosity that Jason and I have on the show. If you could have invited anybody based on the things we sort of talked about with business, mental strength, you know, your own personal life and some of the journey that you've lived, who would you have loved to have had here for this and why that? Um, I would probably pick James Altucher. Do you know him? Uh, of course. Of <laughs> so course. I was on his podcast. It was one of the first podcasts I was on like really early on. And we mentioned that I, after the podcast was over, I just kind of mentioned in passing that I had a dropship jewelry business once upon a time. And he said, will you come back on the show and talk about that? And it was really the first time I ever thought this is a cool idea, a cool enough idea that people want to hear about it. And so he said, would you give away all your secrets on the podcast? And I said, sure. And he said, I guarantee almost nobody will call you or email you if we give you your contact info, because people want to do this stuff, but they don't want to do the work. And he was right. Like we gave away so many secrets of how to do a dropship business and uh, all of this like stuff. And I think I had like three people. He's got a huge audience and probably three people reached out to me to follow up and say with questions because they said they wanted to do it. But um, so I've learned a lot from him about being an entrepreneur. He always gives me a million and one ideas when I talk to him and uh, so appreciate his wisdom. For people who don't know, he's the host of the James Altucher show. He's got a whole bunch of books. His most recent one is Skip the Line. And there's a like an Amazon Prime TV show about his life. Super cool guy. No, yeah. If I, if I ever get the chance to to get a, a moment with him similar to you and Cal, I would take it in a heartbeat. Uh, and I, I've heard your episodes with him and they are good. And it's so funny that that's part of what Jason was talking about with it, like putting his course out there and and getting getting a lot of us in the community that, that we're doing also to put the stuff out there. You're right. You could give it all away for free and not a single person would bat an eyelash. So I'd go, wow, that's great. Anyways, right? It, right? Literally nothing will change. Only the people who are the exception to the rule will see that and go, I can't believe you're giving this stuff away. Right. <laughs> Those are the ones you want anyway. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's exciting. In fact, it made me realize that there's somebody I may want to introduce you to who runs an entire org of like drop shipping that I know would love your story uh, because uh, she what she does is uh, she's got this whole thing of helping uh, her personal mission is helping more women become entrepreneurs using that kind of e-commerce business, right? But her and her partner, Dan, uh, well, business partner, Dan, they they have a whole community as well. And it just occurred to me, I don't know why I haven't thought of bringing this up before to Jason as well, but with you in particular, with your story and that narrative and mental strength, I can see some great things happening from there. So you'll hold me to that. It's on the recorded line anyway. So you can hold me to that. But with that said, it's tradition right here for Jason to close this out. So I'm going to let him do that. Uh, I know we ran it a little longer than intended on this podcast, but it was worth it. 
Yeah. Gosh, what a great conversation. Great conversation. Great story. Um, and, and as we all know, that's what people connect with today is a, a story, right? Otherwise it's just blah, 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 blah right? So um, a great story to connect with people is what people want to hear. And I'm grateful to have been able to hear yours and um, be able to take some things uh, in for myself, even um, with your struggles you went through in your life. And sometimes when we hear other people's struggles, we go, eh, you know what? Ours wasn't that bad, I guess. Right. So, um, so thank you for that. I appreciate that a lot. And thank you for being on the show, spending a little time with us. And uh, hopefully we can have you back after your uh, next book publishes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.